Welcome to another edition of Maverick University. I'm your host, David Hallberg. Joining me today is Pastor John Che, pastor of Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas. Uh, pastor Che is a graduate from Providence Baptist College and a long time I grew up in Northwest Bible Baptist Church since he was a child and went through the whole system. And so it's our pleasure to have him joining us today. Thanks for being here uh, you. as you're you know, coming up from Texas to visit some family for mm-hmm. Christmas. We're just glad that you could take a little bit of time out of your schedule to do Me this. Me too. So this is exciting. Yes, um, I've been looking forward to this. We're going to be doing three segments uh, with you. Uh, and so if you want to check out uh, some of the uh, other segments. Uh, you just have to wait for those to air, uh, but we'll take them one at a time. And we'll focus primarily, uh, Pastor Che, about your experience growing up uh, in a Christian home. It's so weird. To... <laughs> Pastor Che, that is so weird. <laughs> that is still so strange. I've never me. called you that before until just now. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of weird, I will admit. But um, <laughs> we're going to go down through your your history, basically, as okay. a young man growing up in church, going through a youth group, going through Bible college, and then uh, going into ministry. You were a youth mm-hmm. pastor for a time there at Heritage. Yes, sir. Four years. Four years. Uh-huh. And now you have finished a year of pastoring that same church, uh, and we'll talk about you know that transition as well. But right now we're going to be talking about the topics of influences on Christian young people, and yeah. I'd like for you to just basically go through your story and talk about the influences in your life, growing up in church mm-hmm. um, and experiencing um, you know, what it was to be in a youth group the influences on your life, the decision to actually live for Christ and things like that. Sure. So I was born in church, um, not in church. I was born in the hospital, but um, I was right away in church back when the, um, back when the church was at Prospect Heights. I still remember, you know, some of my first memories there in that building and uh, being in preschool with, oh, who was it at that time? Jennifer, Jennifer Melly, I think. Mm-hmm. She was a teacher. Yes. Okay. I I'm, I can't I can't remember that far back, but uh, just constantly being at church. That's that's where I was, and I remember thinking as I was growing up at Northwest Baptist Academy, and then getting into junior high and high school, I spent more conscious time at church than I did at home. Yeah, I was I was at home more often than I was at church, but most time when I was at home, I was asleep. Sure. So yeah. I spent more conscious time at church. Uh, I saw Mrs. Spencer more than I saw my mom throughout the week, you know. So I just had, I always had that environment where I was constantly pointed towards the Lord, heard all the stories and just a lot of things that I took for granted growing up. Knowing knowing the books of the Bible by the time you're in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Uh, knowing the story of David and Goliath and Daniel in the lion's den and uh, Paul's shipwreck and all those different things. Um, you just kind of soak it all in when you're a kid. And one of my greatest influences that I didn't even realize uh, at that time was, you know, just my family. I mean, your family is family. You don't realize so much that my mom and my dad are shaping me and molding me. And these spankings actually mean something. And they're trying to keep me from going that way and try to get me to go this way. A big influence that I still have trouble admitting is my brother. Um, my older brother, he was always influencing me and uh, trying to hold me to a higher standard. Was he the good one? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> the annoyingly good one, you know, when mom and dad would come home and something was broken, it wasn't Abe, Johnny, who did it? It was Johnny, go to your room type thing, you know, because okay. Abe floated in in his aura of glory and 
<laughs> so he was just a good kid. And, um, you know, but the, the thing with Abe, he, he always thought before he did anything because he wanted to please the Lord. He wanted to please mom and dad. He wanted to do what was right. So he always thought and thought and thought and thought and thought. And to me, he always was a thinker and never acted. So I just did the opposite. I always acted and never thought. <laughs> um, but the influences, obviously my parents, my brother, the teachers uh, that I had in my life. And that is really what started molding me, I think, um, to make my decision. Because I still remember having to come to that point of decision where mm -hmm. is, is this the life that I'm going to live? It's the life that my parents live. It's the life that my brother is living. I mean, um, he read his Bible through once a year ever since he could learn to read. I hated to read. I read Calvin and Hobbes books, you know, and Abe is oh, reading man. That's yeah. some literature there. Yeah. And Abe is reading the Bible. And, um, but it was really my teachers and I had teachers in my life and they were all good, but I had a, a handful of teachers in my life that saw me as an individual who saw me as different from my brother. And I did have some people, you know, why can't you be more like Abe and Abe this and Abe that and Abe's valedictorian of his class and Abe always got straight A's. And, and that kind of, I, I didn't like hearing that, you know, because I wanted to be Abe, but Abe was perfect. How could I be perfect, you know? So I just needed that person in my life who saw me as me mm -hmm. and learned how to approach me as me and challenge me and find out what worked with my personality because what worked with my personality did not work with Abe. Oh, yeah. Uh, and did not work with a lot of, I think, other normal children growing I'm, up. I'm finding out that out and you can't treat the two kids that I have the same because they no. are – they're different, very different. Yeah, and I'm guessing your firstborn is a thinker, very methodical. Mm -hmm. um, and it was your firstborn who gave you the confidence to have another child. Right. And it's your second born who teaches you not to judge other parents. And that was me. <laughs> so um, Brother Hall was one of those teachers who just treated me as an individual. Mm -hmm. And he didn't put up with any junk from me. Um, he was just, no, you know better than that. So you're not going to do that around me. And I liked the challenge that he gave me. He was like one of the first people who looked at me and said, as long as you're in band or as long as you're inquire because his approach with me went to Mrs. Hall. Um, okay, yeah. and, um, no, as long as you're in this class, I'm going to hold you to a higher standard so you can either get on board or it's going to be really difficult for you. And I liked that challenge and I was rebellious as a teenager. Mm -hmm. It's not like I was just a, a class clown, which some people re remember me as, or uh, I was a troublemaker. Um, and I was rebellious I was getting around the wrong friends and they were, they were pushing me to that rebellious side. Um, but I still had those Christian influences in my life who basically looked at me and said, look, kid, if, if that's the way you want to live, fine, but we're not going to let you get off easy with it. Mm -hmm. uh, you're going to have to push through us. And they always challenged me to do better. And that is really what brought me to that decision because I realized, hey, I can live for the Lord with my personality. The Lord can use me. The Lord can even use me. I don't have to be like my brother. I don't have to be 
like anybody else. Uh, if I just give my heart to the Lord, the Lord can use me for how he made me. That was a big, um, a big shifting point in my thinking. And it really happened between, I would say, my freshman year in high school and my sophomore year in college. Because it was my sophomore year in college when I finally made that decision. Wow. So a lot of times, you know, you think teenagers, youth group, that's, you know, you got to help them before they graduate high school. But mm -hmm. there were people still helping you even after high school. I think one of the things you said just kind of created a mental image for me. You talked about how these people said, if you're going to do wrong, you have to go through me, mm -hmm. which that's a self-sacrifice mm -hmm. for the person who's saying that. Yeah. Because the the easy thing is to like, well, then go ahead. Off yeah. the cliff you go. Yes. But they are serving as a guardrail mm -hmm. and you've seen the damage that happens to guardrails when yeah. something strikes them. Yeah. But the guardrails save lives yeah. and the guardrail perishes in the process. Yeah. That's a really good analogy. Um, really good. And I'm going to use that. But All right, well, I make had, sure you credit me. <laughs> yeah, I had people like that, and I don't know why, but they just had patience with me. Yeah. Um, and I would constantly push back and push back, but they never gave up on me. And I'm sure I frustrated them, and I'm sure they wanted to give up on me mm -hmm. uh, at some points, but they never did. And they just they stayed with me, like you said, even past high school. Mm -hmm. And it was basically like them saying, "Look, if you need time." to figure out what your convictions are, if you need time to figure out what your standards are in your life, why don't you use ours in the meantime? And they just, they constantly put that into my mind. Here are the standards that will keep you safe. Here are the convictions that will keep you on the right path. And whenever I pushed against it, when they very well could have just, okay, fine, go mm -hmm. ahead and break your neck. And there were a couple times where people like a brother Hall or um, who else, um, mom and dad, uh, my brother, um, preacher, of course, you know, we're like, if, if that's the way you want to go, here's what's going to happen. There's the door. Mm -hmm. And that would really get me to finally again, think, and I'm like, no, no, that's not what I want. It's yeah. not what I want at all. Um, but I wasn't humble enough to admit that. So what was it that sophomore year of college that kind of pushed you to that decision? Was it just that length of time of of people, of those influences, or was there a particular situation or a particular moment or a particular realization that happened in your mind that kind of changed your outlook? It was length of time that definitely went into it. Uh, cause I've got a thick skull and I need that constant just pounding into my mind. Um, repetition doesn't bother me. I need that, uh, in order to get through me. And it was my, it was my freshman year of college. I failed one of my classes like a class that I shouldn't have failed. I think it was like grammar and composition. Okay. Yeah. And why in the world am I failing grammar and composition? And I think it's because it was an, isn't, it was an eight o'clock class and I just wasn't focusing. Yeah. And honestly, what it was is I saw all these people who weren't giving up on me and I just got frustrated with myself. Like you're, you're a freshman in college and you're failing one of your classes. Mm -hmm. Um, when are you going to wake up? and do something better. I was constantly getting in trouble with Brother Hall and choir because I just wanted to mess around. He was kicking me out and doing all these things. Like, like when, when are you going to wake up and do something different? Mm -hmm. And it was really the summer between my freshman year and my sophomore year. And when I came into my sophomore year, I said, I just, I, I want to be different. So it, it came with distancing myself from certain people and trying to get around other people. 
it came with humbling myself a lot and going to the teacher and saying, look, I, I know I have a, that reputation, but I'm trying to fix it. What do I need to do? And they were very honest with me. Doc Peters, he was very honest with me <laughs> what I needed to do. Um, yeah. but it was, it, it came from, it came from within. It came from all the things that people had instilled with me finally got through, but it was just that decision that I needed to make. Wh- which way are you going to go? Are you going to go that way? Or are you going to go this way? Mm-hmm. Because what frustrated me is I was right in the middle. And if anyone knows me, if I do something, I want to do it all the way. Yeah. So if I was going to be, if I was going to serve the Lord, I wanted to serve the Lord all the way. If I was going to be rebellious, I was going to be rebellious all the way. I wasn't going to do it in the middle. I was getting so tired of having just enough rebel in me not to enjoy the good of the Christian life and having just enough of the good Christian life in me not to enjoy my rebellion. So I needed to make a decision mm-hmm. and seeing my brother and seeing those influences, I wanted to be that influence in somebody else's life. I wanted to be a brother Hall to somebody. I wanted to be a James mm-hmm. Peters to somebody. And yes, I even wanted to be an Abraham Che to somebody. Yeah. So I made that decision and it was by God's grace that I chose the right way. Well, yeah, I, I think everybody has that moment in time. If you, if you grow up in a Christian home where you have to own it. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it was in high school. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a sophomore year of high school. There was, and I, I see that trend. There's something about the sophomore year of high school, the yeah. sophomore year of college that can really be transformative in a hmm. person's life. And it was a sophomore year of high school where I got busted for something. Yeah. And, you know, um, I, I'm, I'm a people pleaser. Yeah. You know, but for the first time in my life, I was trying out rebellion, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just to mm-hmm. see, you know, try, it's exercising trying to be your own person to see yeah. how it works, except I'm not doing it the biblical way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got busted and I had a realization of, man, where am I going to be in 10 years? Yes. And that's what scared me. You yeah. know, age 15, 10 years, I'd be 25. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would have gone to college. I don't even know what I want to major in. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Age 25, I'll probably be a ba- be a graduate of a college. Yeah. Oh, that's scary. I'll probably have a job. Yeah. What? What's a job? You know? Uh, I might be married. What? I know. 25 I don't even have a girlfriend, ancient. you know? Uh, at 25, I might have kids. I yeah. can't even be a good child now, much less a good parent, yeah. you know? And all of those things did come true, uh-huh. you know, in that short 10 year span of time. And yeah. it's so critical. And that those teenage years, college years, that you, you figure it out. Yes. Yeah, I was coming to the realization, this this is my only life. This is it. And if you want to mess it up, you can mess it up and live a complicated life. Yeah, and in you just can, those few years, yeah. you can screw everything up. Yes. Like, mess it all up. Yep. And I had all these people who were giving me everything on a silver platter to have a good life mm-hmm. and to have an easy life and just to serve the Lord and, and, and love the Lord. And I was still going against it because I was so prideful. Uh, and that's really what it was. So what kind of Christian influences are still there in your life today? I mean, here you are, you're in the ministry now, mm-hmm. uh, you're far from home mm-hmm. down in Corpus Christi. We're up here in Elgin, Illinois. Um, what kind of influences do you still have in your life today? It's those same people. Yeah. It's the same people who never gave up on me when I was a kid who still see that even though I have made that decision, I'm still Johnny Che. I'm still impulsive. I'm still pretty immature. You know, um, I still have that desire to have fun when it's really not time to have fun. You know, I still, I still need that guidance, uh, those blinders. Preacher Gomez is one of those. And when I became a youth pastor and a pastor, he told me, anytime you need to call me, call me. Mm -hmm. And I heard that and I was like, 
that's very kind, you know, and I'm sure he means it, but I'll, I'll call him a couple times and I'm sure he'll say, look, you know, I'm just too busy. But every time I've called him and it's been dozens of times, he has answered and he is taking hours of his time to tell me what to do and uh, give me give me insight. But uh, Brother Bob Smith, he told me that as well. Call me anytime. And I have. And he answers wow. every time. Uh, my mom and my dad, my brother, my brother and I, we, we talk a lot about different things. Um, and I've tried to pattern my thinking after him because it's done well for him. So, you know, um, we, we talk a lot and it's all, it's all those same people and coming back to Northwest and seeing those people still there, still faithful, uh, who, again, like I said, when I preached, who know more about me than I wish they did, Mm -hmm. but they're still there. They're still smiling and they're still wanting me to succeed. Uh, and they're still willing to be a guardrail if that means it would, it would give me that chance at success. Um, they're all just still there. Uh, same people. Praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much for sharing your personal testimony. And I hope, uh, that people who are listening and watching, uh, can get the lessons and extract them from the story that you told here, where, uh, teenagers can learn a lesson. Mm -hmm. Uh, those who are involved in the lives of their children, those who are in youth pastors or Christian school teachers, Sunday school teachers, pastors, whoever they might be, uh, they can, you know, know that there's a, you know, there's hope yes. uh, for those that they're trying to help. Yeah, don't give up on them. It'll get through. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us, Johnny. And if you'd like to check out our other conversations with Pastor Che, uh, you can uh, take a look at the other episodes that will be coming up shortly. Have a good day.